This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. This program is sponsored by New Zealand Bridge, sponsors of Grassroots Bridge across the nation. Welcome to the Bridge Zone. You're at the table with Barry and Mariana. Barry has been the inaugural chef de mission at the IP for the Waikato Bay of The inaugural online chef de mission. Online. How did you find it, Barry? It was pretty traumatic. <laughs> I think most of the chef de missions found it pretty tough organizing the whole thing was just such a major thing and it was all new to everybody the organizers the shift emissions the players it was all totally foreign yeah there were a few little hiccups along the way i think the best thing you could say is hey we got it done and all of the players that i've had feedback from well they loved it they thought it was great and it certainly beat the hell out of cancelling the event so Barry, what were the results of the IPs? The Open was taken out by Wellington, who got past Waikato, and Canterbury uh, came in third in the seniors team. That was won very convincingly by Auckland, who won by about 25 VPs or something uh, over Canterbury. And then a long way back, Waikato based just managing to hold on to go to the intermediates next. So the intermediates was taken out by Otago Southland, and second were Canterbury. And third and intermediate were Auckland. So that would have helped them towards the Dougal McLean. By the way, it could not have been any closer. Otago South were on 167.92 and Canterbury were on 167.50. Oh my so after goodness. all the matches, it was like 0.42 of a, of a VP. So pretty close call in the intermediates. Yeah. And the women's. That was taken out by Auckland, and they won that easily. They won it by 32 VPs over Otago Southland, and Waikato Bays also came in third in the women's. There was another event, of course, that was taking place. Not all the provinces had one, but there were the youth teams, and that was taken out by Waikato Bays, who won the final over the South Island team, and then Auckland were third. Yeah, great event. Good that they could run it, and it went... About as well as you could hope for, really. But I'm sure that everybody will learn a bit from the experience. I don't know whether next time we'll be online, Mariana. Who knows? Right. There was a, a bit of hiccups. Would that have been helpful if they had done a trial? Would a trial of the IP system have helped? I think most of the provinces held a, the odd trial. People dropped off and they had to get replaced and they needed to get substitutes and all that sort of stuff. You couldn't really avoid that. You know, things like turnaround for draws, maybe some of the turnarounds were a bit tight. It was a struggle to get that to happen. There was, you know, I'm sure there's a few things that could have been changed. The main point is we got through it. We got all the matches played, winners declared, and the players seemed to enjoy it, even if some of the shift emissions went a little bit crazy. Well, I see you've lost some hair over the weekend. Did you pull it all out? Couldn't wait to get a haircut. That's great. (laughs) Hey, we've got the rest of Alan Morris's discussion that we had with him about VAX and also Congress. So let's head off and listen to that now. But the reality without elimination and the quiver of arrows that the government's got, the rules are changing. 
I can see this changing for potentially Congress in February next year, which is our biggest event, is an event. I think it's an event and under the definition of events. People to play could well have to be vaccinated before we can accept an entry. Once again, that isn't a small cluster of people. It's people from all over the place. Yeah. To Kaitaia <laughs> or wherever. That's going to be tough, isn't it? Obviously, in theory, you should be a metre or two away from them. That's not going to happen. You don't have to be a metre or two away if you're vaccinated. Okay, there are no limits other than face masks are encouraged and you've got to yep. scan in, but then you can sit next to somebody openly. If you're not vaccinated, then you've got limits put on you in terms of the size of the event, 100 people, for instance. Now, I think when they talk about events, of course, they're talking about public coming in and public watching. Well, these aren't those sorts of events. At this stage, there's no clarity on the definition of an event. So the best way that people can deal with this and be at least risk is be vaccinated. Now, there will be people who are totally opposed, and I understand that and I feel for them. And then there are those that might medically might not be able to participate. The rules don't say anything about that at this point of time. So if you've got a medical exemption, are you still entitled? How do you think we'll go come February? A lot of people, of course, will have been vaccinated for quite a long time and say, yeah, they'll probably be up for their booster shot. How are we going to handle that? Well, that's my problem because you won't get the same level of compliance. I'm if sure you've got you won't. 50% compliance, you might be lucky. Our demographic, we might be lucky that it would be a lot, lot higher. But in the current rules, they're not written that you have to have a booster at any point of time. So, so this one whole... person that is not vaccinated could upset the whole ball game for Congress. Well, a person who is vaccinated could do that as well because being vaccinated doesn't mean that you're not asymptomatic and not a carrier. Yeah. It just means that you're more protected. The health system is more protected that you are vaccinated yeah. and the health system can operate. So vaccination isn't the silver bullet that you won't get COVID. Yes, you can still get COVID and you can still be a carrier. So vaccinated, not vaccinated, there are less likelihood if you're vaccinated that you're going to be a problem, but the issue is still the same. Right. Quite a challenge, really. You can see that some people, they're going to be a lot happier playing online bridge, I guess, Ellen, like it or not. Yeah, but we know the number of people playing online bridge is nowhere near our total bridge population. It's a small, relatively small percentage. We've spoken to a lot of people about why aren't you giving it a go online? Real bridge is like following the bouncing ball. It's really easy to do. It's quite social. And the response is, I will never play online. I will only come back under a face-to-face. So I think we're going to have to recognise that actually we're going to have, hopefully, face-to-face, and we may well have concurrently online bridge. And we have to learn to get the mix of those right, that we're not impairing and impeding the traditional game and acknowledge that online is part of the mix. Yeah, one of the many problems that you're facing, of course, Ellen, is that in some of the areas where face-to-face bridge is back, the numbers are fairly well down on normal table numbers. We've talked to people at New Plymouth and Rotorua and different places. It is a little bit of a worry. You know, I get emails all the time of saying, why aren't we firmer? Why don't we make it compulsory that you have to be vaccinated? Under those circumstances, I go back to bridge. We don't own the clubs. 
the clubs own themselves. We can give guidance. The guidance at this stage has been it's not mandatory. When we put out the survey just to get a sense of how many people were vaccinated, we got a lot of pushback. You know, it was a privacy breach. It was never about privacy. It was never about the individual. It was just a sense of what percentage of our people were vaccinated. I would think it's in the high 90s. 90% of our bridge players would be vaccinated. 95, maybe even, even greater than that number. That's quite a positive thing. It's quite positive in terms of marketing collateral that if you want to come into this game, it's a safe environment. But that's why clubs are potentially, people are a little bit concerned about this. We're going to have a mix somehow. Some people are threatened by the online game. But the reality is and the clubs are going to have to find a way that works somehow if we want this game to kind of continue to flourish. I mean, some people don't want to play face-to-face because they don't like masks or whatever the reason yeah. might be. Maybe, as you say, some of them are worried about the face-to-face environment, don't want to put themselves at risk. Yeah. There's all sorts of problems you've, you've got to face. Do we have any particular deadline or we're just waiting until the government does their thing and then respond to that? No, so what I've done is I've gone back to the Ministry of Health for some clarification. Already I've got another set of questions that I can think of. As you can appreciate, they've got lots of inquiries, so it takes time for a response to come back. Mm -hmm. They generally come back and refer you to the website. They say that Information will be updated at the end of the month. It's expected by the end of the month that Auckland will be 90% double vaccinated and therefore subject to the traffic light system. And the rest of the country, if you look at the timeline, is probably mid to late January before you get to the end game. And Taurafiti, the West Coast, up north, isolated populations all over the place quite a challenge to put it together for the whole country then of course they're looking at Christmas when Auckland can get out of Auckland the ball game's going to change so it is a bit of wait and see but doing some homework now and some preparation now and the best thing for bridge players is vaccination. Let's raise Congress again Are you having any thoughts about Congress right now? Is there any need to have a plan B? It's a good question, Mariana. I haven't spoken to Richard. I am talking to him this afternoon about something else, but I think it's important that we do have plan B. I would think a plan B and a plan C. Plan A is it goes ahead. If that happens and if it's under the traffic light system and it's classified as an event, you're going to have to be vaccinated. Masks will be encouraged, but I don't think will be mandatory. You'll have to scan in. We'll wait and see. I don't think that's going to severely impact the numbers. If COVID is still in the community and we're not at the green level, but at orange, you will still have to be vaccinated. If you're not, then the event is unlikely to take place. Well, the event will take place, but at what numbers? And there will be a critical number. So we have to understand what that might be. You know, we've not yet seen what the vaccination passport will look like. Whose responsibility is it? Is it the staff of Bay Park or is it our responsibility to ensure everybody is vaccinated? And then, of course, if we're in the red zone for some reason, then the event's not going to take place. 
what are the options? So plan A is it goes ahead. Plan B, it goes ahead with the new rules in place. And plan C is could we run it online? And it's a big event to run online. And we haven't thought about that as to how we would do that because there are so many events all happening at the same time. And I think we should at least have some planning around that just as a fallback position. Now that we've got Real Bridge, and Real Bridge is great. You've run your Hamilton event. There are challenges still with it. Food for thought. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think, Alan, that uh, maybe this chairman in New Zealand bridge idea wasn't so good and you should have just played more golf. Yeah, I do. Gary <laughs> Jones, hush your mouth. I have to say that, you know, you take these things on and I hope that you can make a difference. I never envisaged it would be anything like what it has been, but, you know, I'm not discouraged. You're doing yeah. a great job. It's a bit like Thank that you. day when your golf clubs ended up in the middle of the lake. You can compare <laughs> that to COVID and the gym in a New Zealand bridge, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> We do appreciate it, and it's obvious there's a lot of difficulties. We'll keep in touch, and we'll have you on again when there's something more to report. Yeah, I think when we get some clarity, it's just a useful tool to get out and talk to people and hopefully share some of the thinking. Right, that's me. All right, thank you very much for that. I'm sure everybody would have some opinion on it. So you've got two emails that you can email to. They can send it to me or to Alistair's secretary at nzbridge.co.nz and mine is alan.morris at nzbridge.co.nz Perfect. We all know how Alistair loves to get emails. Uh, he just lives for them. Yeah, he does. He, <laughs> he was saying to me the other day he's not getting enough. Thank you very okay, much. Okay, keep well. You too. Bye now. Coming up next, we're heading off to the courthouse. Director, please. How can I help? Judge Julie presiding. Good morning, Judge Julie. Morning. Welcome back. And how is everybody? We're We're all good. We're back to level two in the Waikato and face-to-face bridge. Yeah, that will be exciting. I don't know what that would be like. (laughs) This week's question is about face-to-face bridge. At the Hamilton Club, at least, it's mandatory to wear a mask. And it does sort of muffles people's voices a little bit, wearing a mask. And the question is, if you mishear somebody or can't hear them or can't make it out, what happens? Good question. There's lots of similar situations where we have issues about what people have written down, what they have said, because we don't understand them very clearly, when cards are played, when bids are made, all sorts of things over a large number of years. And the general thing is that if you have misheard, generally it is your own fault and you should be clear about what has been being said. Now, I know that there will be issues as people get used to people wearing masks because clearly we're going to have some stuff around that. If you've got any doubt, ask them to repeat it. When we have language difficulties, I recommend that people have system cards at the table so that they can show it to their opponents so their opponents can read it. And this would be a situation in a lot of ways very similar. We have times where we hear declare a caller card from dummy and we play and we find out that it wasn't what we thought it was. And there have been appeals around the world on this. On that basis, if your partner has heard you clearly and you've heard your partner clearly, then generally that's what's going to happen. In this case, because we all have written bidding or bidding boxes, in the bidding part of it, 
there shouldn't be any problem except possibly in explanations. And we are very bad at expecting what is going to be said and not really listening. Probably true in life. It might explain a few things about my relationship with somebody not very far away <laughs> and being misheard all the time. So I don't know. I think <laughs> you do. Listen to me, please. So <laughs> it is that sort of thing where you know what someone's about to say because you know what the bidding is and you've asked and you're not really paying proper attention and you don't hear properly. Masks will make it worse. We'll just have to work around it. What about what you were suggesting before we came on air about maybe getting them to write something down if you can't Absolutely. Write, same same as with the system card. We have a system yeah. where we have some very brief highlights that we cart around with our pre-alerts. That's actually quite useful. If you're playing something a bit out of the ordinary, you're not allowed to refer to it yourself. So there are issues. But at Clubbridge, while we're transitioning, if people are relaxed, at least we can show them. Look, if you look here, right, and read this, this will tell you what it means. Particularly if you're dealing with people with age and hearing and other issues that they might have, where it actually does probably get quite difficult because it's another barrier. I reckon you've got your work cut out getting most club players to carry around a system card with them. but Yeah, well, I know I'm a minority. When I learned in Palmerston North years ago and we played tournaments, everybody had system cards. So when yeah. I learned to play, it was actually a habit and it worked. I know, but it doesn't take much to have a little bit of paper. You can just point it out to them. You can tell them. But if you're playing something unusual, then it really does help to have something written down. Judge Julie, what happens if they don't want to read your system card? Well, that's like, their choice. But then if they get it wrong, it's about going out of our way if we're yeah, playing something yeah. different or unexpected to be able to tell people what we are doing. If they don't want to know and if they don't listen, then we really can't do much else. Hey, Mariana, I reckon that when she was talking about habits she had back then, I reckon she had a lot of worse habits back then than carrying around a system card. <laughs> and I also reckon, Judge Julie, that perhaps you should walk around with a stock card in your back pocket when you're oh. at home so you can flash it to Patrick and say, stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'll be funny. But it is amazing how much we all do it. We expect we know what someone's going to say and we don't listen. Really, really simple. Thank you for that. Thanks, Julie. Okay. Have a good now. week. Well, we have for you listeners, straight from the horse's mouth, sorry, Anna, but we have got Anna Cobble <laughs> and she's going to fill us in about this competition. Tell me about it. Free accommodation at Congress. What are you doing? Well, hospitality business, Anna. We like to think so. We, we're trying to think of ideas about what to do for Congress. We've had a few issues. One, we're not going to hold a bulletin. We're not going to have a dedicated bulletin writer. And we've also been given a bit of funding, about $76,000 from Regional Ooh. Tourism, Bay of Fenty, and the TECT, the Tech Consumer Trust there. And we thought, how can we use this in a way to create a bit of interests and and get people out and about enjoying Tauranga and actually create a bit of excitement for the next congress which will be held in October. We're using a portion of it we've rented a very nice beach house on the water and we've opened up to people that might be able to make the most of the opportunity so we're thinking three or four teammates getting together having a fun week going out and having a look at everything that Bay of Penny has to offer 
and also reporting back and using the opportunity to tell us stories about what's happening at the Bridge Congress as well. So we get that out to not only New Zealand bridge players, but sort of the, the wider bridge community. Yeah, sounds right <laughs> up my alley. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've already got my accommodation booked. <laughs> I hope you've got good cancellation uh, policies in place because you could always cancel that and apply for this one. Wow. You and your mates, come on on the beach. It's a very nice property. And we also thought we might even host a few, you know, cocktail parties there. Oh, what, what are, here we go. What, they, what do they do if they're keen? All they have to do is write a bit of an application. You know, it's going to be a bit of a subjective judging panel. Write an application, about 200 words, telling us who they'd take with them. You know, why we should be interested in them to be sort of the bridge host for the week. And just sending it through to our gatekeeper, that's Alistair at uh, secretariatnewzealandbridge.co.nz. Wow, what an opportunity. Oh, but, and it has to be in by the 15th of December. So we'll sounds, make a decision after that. Sounds a bit like X Factor or something. You're all going to sit there and say, yeah, we'll go for that one. No, no, we it's, have to get, it's like Big Brother. <laughs> we might have to get Barry and Mariana on the judging panel, maybe. I mean, we sort of have... The disaster. <laughs> we haven't really set great criteria, but it's more about which people will enjoy it, make the most of it, and potentially be able to share their experiences in a really positive way. So don't worry if you're not really au fait on social media. You know, we've got other people that can help out there. But if you love having people over, having fun, I reckon put your name up oh, in I the hat. I'm jealous. <laughs> I would actually even just give up my Congress to do that, not just do the social butterfly <laughs> thing, Barry. What yeah. about that? <laughs> not supplying a crate of wine, you know, to go with it. I'm sure if we're providing the accommodation, you could probably stump up for a few yep. bottles of, of Planck or something. <laughs> I think that's fantastic. Anything to add some vibrance to the Congress is going to be awesome. I think so. And as I say, we've been given this money. It's about making Congress a really good event. Hopefully, you know, we're still fingers crossed that it's going to go ahead. We've got some other initiatives that we'll be telling people about, but we really want to showcase the event being held in regional Bay of Plenty and hopefully attract more people, not more Australians as well. Brilliant. Mm. Well, thank Sounds you good. for that. We'll look forward to that. We may talk about it again a bit closer to the time and see how you've been going. With you okay. been flooded with applications or not? I hope so. Don't be shy. Get your application in. 200 words. Send it through to secretary at newzealandbridge.co.nz. Not much pressure or hard work to apply. So may as well. All right. Well, thank you. Cool. All right. Thank you, Barry. Thank, thank you, Mariana. Mariana. Get your gumboots on. We're going down to the pond. Phenomena. What's this? It's Kermit's Bridge Tips with Pam Livingston. Good morning, Kermit. How are you today? Oh, I'm very well on this beautiful day. The week involves sunscreen, Pam, or what? Yeah, it certainly does. We're very lucky at riding for the disabled because we've got a cover over our arena now, and gosh, we really need it. But when we take the kids out into the domain, yeah, lots of sunscreen on. Yes, bridge players don't have much use for a bottle of sunscreen, do they? You never know. <laughs> so what have you got? What have I got for you this week? Well, my tip this week is suit forcing to game makes getting to the right contract a whole lot easier. What I mean by suit forcing to game, well, here's an example option. 
I open one heart and you bid one spade. And I bid a new suit, two clubs. And now you bid the fourth suit, which in this case is diamonds. And what fourth suit forcing to game means is I'm bidding the fourth suit. It's an artificial bid. It doesn't show a holding in that suit. It just says partner. I know we've got at least enough for game, but I'm not sure about which denomination we should play it in. Please tell me more. And nobody stops bidding until you are at least in game. So very useful convention for getting to the right contract. What do you do when you don't know what suit you want to be in, but you don't have enough for game? Well, then you have to do something else. (laughs) So show preference for one of Oatmer's suits if you can, or bid no trumps if you can, if you have enough points. Or you can rebid your first suit if you have a long, weak suit. So do you well, both use that convention, force suit forcing to game? Yeah, we do that. But yes. I quite often don't know what denomination I ought to be in. That's common. <laughs> yeah, well, it buys your time, if nothing else. <laughs> what about you, Mariana? Is that one that you use? Yes, that's a tool in our toolbox. Very handy. So you see early on in people's careers, the novice players, they bid the fourth suit, like in my little example, a heart, a spade, two clubs, two diamonds, to show partner that they've got some diamonds, but they could actually bid no trumps to say I've got diamonds, can't they? Yep. Yeah. I mean, it certainly takes the pressure off, doesn't it, when you've bid the fourth suit as low as two diamonds and you know that you don't have to panic anymore that partner isn't going to pass you out below game. It takes yes. the, the stress out of the auction. The key words are... Forcing to game, unless you really do want to make your partner cry, and like that could be a whole different discussion. Unless you really do want to make your partner cry, you don't stop bidding until you are in game, and that's the key part. Hey, we've got a couple of minutes left on your segment, Kermit. Barry wants to touch on IPs. Any goss? What goes on tour stays on tour, Mariana. Oh, that's right. Damn it. Actually, Cena was at home, sort of in my office. It's not as exciting as it could be. <laughs> the only place you were on tour of was, was your lounge, maybe the fridge. Definitely the fridge. Actually, I really enjoyed it. I played with Jack James. We had a great time, but he did say to the team that he'd been told that the worst thing about playing with Pam was that she was always eating. And uh, I took that as a compliment. Because if that was the worst thing about playing with me, that wasn't too bad, especially since I always share what I'm eating. True. What about you, Barry? Well, I was the chef de mission. I reckon that's the worst job. I I was going to say, your job was much harder than mine. All sorts of hell breaking loose in the background and you're trying to get people to the table on time and not get penalised, see who wants to play who. And our team's performed pretty reasonably on the whole. I was chef de mission years ago, face to face, and I'm sure that was much easier. I think it must have been Barry. And there were some teething problems with running the events, uh, let's be honest. But for me, I'm just so glad that it was run and not cancelled. And good on everyone that got behind it and made it happen. Yes, there were a few little issues, but hey, the event ran and I think that's awesome. Thank you, Pam. Catch Kermit next week for another tip. See you. 
as we wrap up this week, I noticed there's a couple of tournaments on this weekend, Barry. It looks like the Hawks Bay Christmas Cheer Swiss Pairs is going ahead. They've got a few entries in there. And I, I see that even the Akarana Christmas Open Pairs doesn't say that it's cancelled. Don't know whether it's going to be online. It doesn't actually mention it. Looks like there's a couple of tournaments. We should find out, Barry, because if it is online, they'll get a whole lot more entries. Good luck to everybody playing in the Hawks Bay. Hope you enjoy it. If you are playing at Akarana, good on you. So take care, everybody. If you've got anything that you'd like to share with us, send it to bridgezoneshuffle at gmail.com. Bye for now. See you later. New Zealand Bridge, sponsoring Bridge from beginner to international, nationwide. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.